Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vialva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. Oh, boy. Let's see. Found out a lot of things can be triggers. People, clothes, um, attitudes. And I really found out a lot of my triggers this weekend, unfortunately. Um, events kind of trigger me, I realized, like parties, not, well, you know, things like the state fair, or like something like, I don't know, something where there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of space, a lot of food, a lot of drinks, those are triggering for me, I noticed. Um... It's so annoying, because sometimes when you go too far into the clean mind, and you forget that you're an addict, you think that you can live a normal life like regular people. Um, That's kind of annoying, but yeah, kind of forgot, I guess, this weekend, it was the anniversary of one of my friends that passed away and it was really triggering for me actually it was really really triggering and I was sad because of my remembering Colton. And I really, really let my grief get the best of me. Addiction is kind of like a disease where emotions just feel so high. Sometimes there's an emotion that's not even a bad emotion, but it's so intense that it like triggers drinking actually it does I don't even know how to explain this feeling it's like someone tells you something and whatever they say it could be like oh I really like this cake (laughs) and you could be like wow I don't know why but you can tell on someone's face you can tell on their emotions whether or not they're being really sincere I kind of got off on a tangent. Sorry about that. But that's just what I do. Um, And genuinity is really attractive to me. So that's probably why I... When people tell me things... Or talk to me... You know, I try to be... Really 100% there. But sometimes... Other people's emotions can get trapped on you, too. You know what I mean? Like if someone's crying all the time, or sad all the time, or happy, it kind of rubs off on you, too. And that's why it's important, I think it's important, to really just... I don't know what it is. Just really be in tune with yourself. 
And the thing is with alcohol, it tunes a lot of those things out, which is not good. And, you know, I'm, I, when I talk to, about these podcasts and when I talk through with these podcasts, I'm not saying alcohol is bad. It's not bad for everyone. But it's bad for me. And this is just my relationship with it, specifically. It's kind of like when you go on a date and you have like a drink so that you can feel a little loose. You know, you hide your inhibitions. You hide your securities. You know, it definitely was weird going on my first date without drinking. It was so uncomfortable that it actually made me relapse. (laughs) God, I hate talking to people sometimes. I love talking to people. I really do. I am a people person. But sometimes... Sometimes the emotions of other people are too strong. Or something. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that... Invisible force between people. You can kind of tell how someone's life is by the way they look at you. When they look in your eyes, the way that they treat you, the way that they treat others and themselves, all of that is very clear. Especially when you're looking at somebody And meeting them for the first time. And that's one instinct that I feel worried about in the future. That because we don't see enough people or, you know, get our physical um, affection, maybe. Some Some of us don't. Some of us do. But I don't know. I fear that this... Uh, sixth sense will go away in people. I don't think it ever goes away once you kind of figure it out. But, you know, when you're walking down the street, have you ever looked, like, in someone's eyes and seen that they have been through hell and back by the way that they look at you? Have you ever seen that? Or when... Or when you feel someone's presence so strong so some people the presence is welcoming some for some people the presence is warm and it's light you go and see them and all the worries of the week just leave your shoulders when i look at my sister connie and when she looks at me I know I have caused her a lot of pain with my addiction. She has told me. But see, this disease is strong. It doesn't care about the other people that you love. It doesn't. Addiction is not judgmental. It's not racist. It's very inclusive. (laughs) And I try to grain this in my head. 
tried. <sighs> Still used during the weekend. And that is a fault of mine. That is a fault of mine. And I'm taking the blame. And I need to remind myself that when I behave that way, my addiction wins. It is tempting me. I have to remember that I am in control. I am in control of my actions. Every single day, if I feel like this addiction has gotten me, I have to look at it in the face and realize that it is an illusion. Addiction is not stronger than I am. And this weekend I forgot that. This weekend I forgot that. The weekends are triggering for me if I don't have doubles. Why? Because I always used to drink on the weekends. They're still the most hardest time for me, the weekends. That's why I try to stay so damn busy. Because instead of an alcoholic, now I'm a workaholic. <laughs> you gotta be addicted to something. You got a disease. That's why they always say like when you, you know, quit one addiction, another one usually comes up. And for now, anyway, if I have to be a workaholic, I'm a workaholic. But I think that one day it will come easy. I remember this one guy I met at in Northeast. It was kind of interesting, actually. I walk into this small coffee shop in Northeast. And if you've ever been to Northeast Minneapolis, it's an actually pretty fun hipstery area. And what they do is, like, they have these little tiny coffee shops. And this place only took cash, too. It only took cash. And when you go in... I, oh, Matchbox. I think it's called Matchbox. Matchbox, yeah. Um, in Northeast Minneapolis. Anyway. Um, so you walk in, and it's very dark. It's like one of those dive... Like bar looking places, but it's not. It's a coffee shop. And you on the one side, there's a small old window, but it gives off a lot of light in the room. I always like sitting there by that window because it was the lightest part in the coffee shop. Then there's a bar table where the guy passes you your coffee. And I remember there were a bunch of books, newspapers. And on this particular day, this old guy, really long hair, native, he was sitting in the corner, in the spot that I usually sit. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, my favorite spot. It's okay. And so I go over to the table, and this was 
pre-COVID. That was before COVID. So this was actually acceptable. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, wa- I walked up to the table and I was like, hey, do you mind if I just sit with you? And he was like, sure. And you have to understand that this coffee shop is a very small place. Like, besides the bar, um, there's only, like, one table. <laughs> and people just share this table because there's only one table in this whole place. And so this wasn't awkward. <laughs> and we also didn't have COVID. So, um, anyway. And so I sat at the table. And... I started writing like a bunch of poems over and over into my head. I like to write songs. Um, I don't really care that I can't sing. <laughs> I sing anyway because I really like writing songs. Um, anyway, so for some reason, he was like, What's your poem about? And this was when I started really discovering sobriety. And this is when I started questioning. My behaviors and drinking habits. I started really questioning about it. And just my luck, the man that was sitting right next to me had been sober for 65 years. 65 years, that's somebody's lifetime. This dude has been sober for 65 years. That was amazing. me I was like what how did you do that like how (laughs) how do you wake up and just be like you know I'm a regular person and he said that it was only one thing one thing in your life that you like to do and I remember this because it impacted me very significantly and he said There are many things in my life that are taken away from me that I never chose for them to be taken away from me. I did not have a choice. And he said, my addiction, which was also the same as mine, alcohol. He said, this is something that I got rid of and I made a choice. It was mine. So I'm very, very happy to be sober. And he also told me, because I remember this very distinctly in my brain, I was scared. But he told me that if you continue drinking, you will have a long painful death I don't know why that stuck with me but I was like shit he's right every time I drink I'm dying when I drink that much I'm like shit but I wanted to just leave you with that I have to go to work now but I really appreciate everyone who's been listening to me And a shout out to Colton. I love you. I wish you were here. Rest in peace. But today, I am sober. 
and that's all that matters. Thank you, and safest, safest, safest of travels.